Chapter 71 of The Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter 71 The Flight. Oliva kept her promise, and Jeanne also. Oliva hid herself from everyone, and Jeanne made her preparations, and in a few days made her appearance at the window, as a sign to Oliva to be ready that evening for flight. Oliva, divided between joy and terror, began immediately to prepare. Jeanne went to arrange about the carriage that was to convey her away. Eleven o'clock at night had just struck, when Jeanne arrived with a post-chaise, to which three strong horses were harnessed. A man, wrapped in a cloak, sat on the box, directing the postilions. Jeanne made them stop at the corner of the street, saying, "'Remain here. Half an hour will suffice, and then I will bring the person whom you are to conduct with all possible speed to Amiens. There you will give her into the care of the farmer who is my tenant. He has his instructions.' "'Yes, madame.' "'I forgot. Are you armed?' "'This lady is menaced by a madman. He might, perhaps, try to stop her on the road.' "'What should I do?' "'Fire on anyone who tries to impede your journey.' "'Yes, madame.' You asked me seventy louis. I will give you a hundred and will pay the expenses of the voyage, which you had better make to London. Do not return here. It is more prudent for you to go to Saint-Valerie and embark at once for England. Rely on me, madame. Will I go and bring the lady? All seemed asleep in that quiet house. Jeanne lighted the lamp, which was to be the signal to Oliva, but received no answering sign. She will come down in the dark, thought Jeanne, and she went to the door, but it did not open. Oliva was perhaps bringing down her packages. The fool, murmured the countess. How much time is she wasting over her rubbish? She waited a quarter of an hour. No one came. Then half-past eleven struck. Perhaps she did not see my signal, thought Jeanne, and she went up and lighted it again, but it was not acknowledged. She must be ill, cried Jeanne in a rage, and cannot move. Then she took the key which Oliva had given her, but just as she was about to open the door, she thought, Suppose someone should be there, but I should hear voices on the staircase, and could return. I must risk something. She went up, and on arriving outside Oliva's door, she saw a light inside, and heard footsteps, but no voices. It is all right, she thought. She was only a long time getting ready. Oliva, she said softly, open the door. The door opened, and Jeanne found herself face to face with a man holding a torch in his hand. Oliva, said he, is this you? then, with a tone of admirably feigned surprise, cried, "'Madame de la Motte, Monsieur de Cagliostro,' said she in terror, feeling half inclined to run away, but he took her hand politely and begged her to sit down. "'To what do I owe the honour of this visit, madame?' "'Monsieur,' said she, stammering, "'I came, I sought—' "'Allow me, madame, to inquire which of my servants was guilty of the rudeness of letting you come up unattended.' Jeanne trembled. You must have fallen to the lot of my stupid German porter, who is always tipsy. Do not scold him, I beg you, sir, replied Jeanne, who could hardly speak. But was it he? I believe so, but you promise me not to scold him. I will not, only, madame, will you now explain to me? Jeanne began to gather courage. I came to consult you, sir, about certain reports. What reports? Do not hurry me, sir, it is a delicate subject. Ah, oh, you want time to invent, thought he. Are you a friend of Monsieur le Cardinal de Rouen? I am acquainted with him, madame. Well, I came to ask you... What? Oh, sir, you must know that he has shown me much kindness, and I wish to know if I may rely upon it, 
You understand me, sir. You read all hearts. You must be a little more explicit before I can assist you, madame. Monsieur, they say that his eminence loves elsewhere in a high quarter. Madame, allow me first to ask you one question. How did you come to seek me here, since I do not live here? Jean trembled. How did you get in? For there are neither porter nor servants in this part of my hotel. It could not be me you sought here. Who was it? You do not reply. I must aid you a little. You came in by the help of a key, which you have now in your pocket. You came to see a young woman, whom, from your kindness, I had concealed here. Jean trembled visibly, but replied, If it were so, it is no crime. One woman is permitted to visit another. Call her. She will tell you if my friendship is a hurtful one. Madame, you say that because you know she is not here. Not here? Oliver, not here? Oh, you do not know that. You, who helped her to escape? I, cried Jean, you accuse me of that? I convict you, replied Cagliostro. And he took a paper from the table, and showed her the following words addressed to himself. Monsieur and my generous protector, forgive me for leaving you. But above all things, I love Monsieur Beausir. He came, and I follow him. Adieu. Believe in my gratitude. Beausir, cried Jean, petrified. He who did not even know her address? Oh, madame, here is another paper, which was doubtless dropped by Monsieur Beausir. The countess read, shuddering. Monsieur Beausir will find Mademoiselle Oliva, Rue Saint-Claude at the corner of the boulevard. He had better come for her at once. It is time. It is the advice of a sincere friend. Oh, groaned the countess. And he has taken her away, said Cagliostro. But who wrote this note? Doubtless yourself. But how did he get in? Probably with your key. But as I have it here, he could not have it. Whoever has one can easily have two. You are convinced, replied she, while I can only suspect. She turned and went away, but found the staircase lighted and filled with men-servants. Cagliastro called out loudly before them, Madame la Comtesse de la Motte. She went out full of rage and disappointment. End of chapter 71